So, welcome back. We are going to start. We came last time we finished first half of first half. So we make huge progress. <laughs> so let's continue. We are going to continue with text number 51. <clears throat> Even when nothing is going wrong, be ready for affliction. And since you will have to give an account, do not make extortionate demands. All right, so this text, or this spiritual law, uh, he gives <coughs> us in this text, uh, contains two practical advices. The first advice is for the time of peace. So we, we have this experience and in spiritual life, we do have not always, we don't have always like the spiritual warfare. We have this time of peace when everything seems it go, it's going easy and uh, we can pray with easiness and we are experiencing certain zeal, holy zeal in our soul and we are almost ready to do everything for Christ. And we know that there are like seasons when it can be very dry, that we don't have any desire to pray, to do anything spiritual, that we have to really force to do violence to ourselves, to do something spiritual. Or it is time when we have almost non-stop temptations. It is, it is sometimes it is so annoying that you try very hard, but these thoughts which uh, you try, if you can recognize that there are like bad thoughts, whatever passion it costs, but it returns back uh, and again, 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 so it's like a, almost like obsession. So, so it, is, it is hard work to fight with those things. So usually what we do is we, uh, in this time when we are tempted, when uh, there's like, we see ex that our weakness is present or, or we are tested, then we say, now it's time to pray, to, to, to fight. What is sure we should. But what St. Mark says that, well, we should do this more in the time of peace. When we have time of peace, when we have the zeal and easiness to pray and to do spiritual work, this is time when we have to work hard. Not to wait. And usually what we, we make this mistake that it's like easiness, so we relax a little bit. It's not so intensive. We enjoy this state of soul, but well, it doesn't push us to to do preparation. For example, Isaac Syrian, he says about this advice, he gives similar advice, and, and he reminds us that, that uh, Noah, builder of ark, he started to build ark when there was no flood. That he started many years, and he prepared ark with hard work in the time when there was the danger of these waters. And Isaac Sirian, he says that, well, even, and we have help in this time. And he again goes to Noah, Noah, and uh, he says that God even planted 100 years ago the trees Noah was, was using for the ark. So, it's, it says that, well, in God's providence, God gives us tools or means and, and opportunities and uh, everything what we need. But we have to use this time of peace or this easiness uh, for preparation for next war. You know, For sure, if there is a war, a spiritual war, we have to fight. It, if you have to put effort, you have to pray, but well, 
it is big difference if we were like preparing spiritually and asking God for strength for this moment uh, before and so it means that f at first this uh, temptations or this spiritual war doesn't go, uh, does not catch us like unprepared. Uh, one thing, and uh, we we have like bigger power to resist, and plus we accumulate like some kind of God's help through our requests, prayers before they started. That makes sense. So this first practical advice from this. We should be prepared for difficulties in life. And the second advice from this, the second part, should lead us to some kind of wisdom. How we receive uh, Lord's will. Um, look, how many times it happens to us that we... somehow with our bad intention you know but we tell to God this that oh Lord okay this is heavy cross you gave me now okay I am receiving that cross but you please heal that person you know we, we, we say okay I will prepare but you have to do something for me like an exchange you know and many times it is Many times it is like uh, not like uh, very serious uh, weakness or bad thing because if we are under really stress of this cross and it is very heavy, so uh, I, I'm sure that God in His mercy He smiles over these our requests. But this kind of request. doesn't help us to grow. It's not perfect. It's not something that we are supposed to do. You know, we we should not... What is the right Bribe? Bribe? Bribe. Bribe God. You know, this is, this is not sign of uh, humility in our heart. And we have no spiritual profit from that. Uh, God is that one who loves us and so it, there is no need to give him any conditions. Any conditions. And who is who has humble heart, the person understands that this is not right. And uh, because of that, the person receives really abundant bl blessings. You know, so uh, if the heaviness of the cross uh, force us to give this condition, you know, some of these requests that we are offering this cross for somebody, all right, but, well, we are losing these blessings, which receives that one who, with humble heart, just accepts God's will. So do very, very good, very good uh, practical advices in this text, and we should. It would good. It is good for us to remember that. To yes, yes. Many years ago, I used to go up to the Benedictines, and there was this elderly, eighty-some-year-old monk up there, and he was given, I guess you'd say, coaching advice for all of the men, and most of them were all football coaches wrestling coaches that were Catholic guys and these guys would complain about these different things that would be happening to them in their marriage or school or whatever and he says it's because you're coasting he says which why when have you ever told any of your players on the field it's okay you're good enough coast you know take a breather no you push them and push them and push them so he says when you're having these like you're saying he says that's when you dig need to dig in you need a double time. You know, you need to be working harder. You need to be constantly ascending, not descending. You're not treading water, you know. We would always pound that through our heads all the time. Yeah. yeah.
So let's go to the next 52. Having sinned secretly, do not try to hide, for all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we have to give an account. Okay, so, well, I think that we can, we can hear in these words, like this echo of this book of Genesis, and Adam and Eve, after they broke commandment, they tried to hide. And, um, and I think that, that uh, uh, we are all doing that. And if we think, like, if we rethink really our way how we act, we find this activity there. This, this try to hide. This temptation is, or this temptation means that uh, we want to start life in some kind of illusion that everything is how it was before this my sin. But well, reality is there are that we are through the sin we are losing paradise. And, and Lord God gave to Adam and Eve opportunity to do repentance when he started to search for them. If they would come to him and say, I mean, we are sorry we did it, maybe things would be very different. But they try to hide they try to cover their sin, and it led them to to the. It, it, they lost paradise because of that. And the same thing, same uh, mechanism is in our lives. <coughs> we can uh, somehow apologize in our own eyes. Well. How many times we do this when we, we feel in our conscience that we should do something and we say no. And we prefer to do something that is more comfortable for us. How many times we have this urge maybe to spend more time in prayer, maybe to urge to go for book study and we don't come. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And uh, I don't say that it's grave sin, but sometimes, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But you know, but you know what I mean is that, and, and we can find thousand reasons why not. And we might feel like, mm, not well for a moment, and, and somehow we push this feeling in the back because we can see more and more these excuses which are coming to our mind to cover that. And this making excuses rational and uh, like this reasoning, why not, why I didn't follow what I clearly saw as a God's will, it is, discovering is, it is this life in, in illusion. Um, and, and, and it's very dangerous for spiritual life because we can, uh, as a Christians, we can easily be stuck in this illusion for a long time, for a whole life even. Had, uh, the book study I had more uh, unknown for the solar group, I was telling them a story and still I don't remember who was that elder? He was, I think it was Romanian elder. I don't know if it was Father Cleopa or somebody else. So let's, I'm not sure. But, and it's not necessary, but from his life was, uh, was written one, one episode when he was sent to cover one parish, uh, village parish, uh, relatively big probably. So when he arrived, 
So it was too early to start liturgy to go to a church, so he went to cemetery. He said, well, I'm, really, I'm going to pray for those who are buried there. It was large cemetery. So he was walking there, and he was praying for that. And something happened there, and he had, and he didn't explain, and he didn't tell about what happened in the cemetery. Just he started his sermon then during this first liturgy in this way, that I came earlier, so I went to cemetery. I was praying for all those who are buried there. And it was showed me that only few are saved. And uh, he didn't explain what happened. He had, there was some kind of this experience uh, which was not described. But what was, it was so powerful how he said that. And he said that this is covering of this parish for a few days became like a very powerful mission and renewal for whole parish that it was really something what God's grace worked in some way that many people went through very conversion. And now, if you think about that, uh, this story was very powerful because I, I think that there was a lot of truth there. And and, these, and and the problem is that God is very merciful and God, for God, is enough when we show him even the smallest uh, desire to repent, when we are we even not very perfect. Uh, if we read that we have these books ever getting us in the library and this first volume is the first chapter is very long and it is about God's mercy, how God is merciful. That, that chapter shows us and teaching of saints, stories from life saints that that really uh, we should never lose hope because sometimes even the very, even smallest movement of heart to our repentance attracts God's grace which saves people. So we should never lose hope. But still, it, it has to be. Even the smallest movement of heart. And the smallest movement of heart or not perfect movement of repentance, spirit of repentance in us, it's possible only when we admit that there's a sin. When we see the sin, when we are aware of the sin. But if we live in this, we start to hide ourselves and we start to cover our uh, excuse for our sins, we don't confess those sins. So it means that we, we are starting to live our life in some kind of illusion and our conscience will be after I would say few weeks so immune that what was a little bit annoying for us and we could say ah this was not perfect in in the beginning after if we ignore it for several weeks then we even it would not bother us we would even not see that as a sin it's so easy to slip to this illusion about righteousness of our life. And, and, and this illusion is so strong that we even can hear thousands of sermons and we would not understand this. We would hear like, uh, we would read many books and we say, great book, everything, but we would not see that those words there tries to help us to understand what is weak in us. And, and just illustration, you know, that um, 
Miron told me that well, he gave this challenge in uh, New Year, or it was before Great Fast, or fast before Nativity. I don't know. <coughs> he said he, I, I gave a challenge to Parish. Let's start to come for feast days for the liturgy. And he said, you know, so many people got angry. And, you know, they reacted not, well, one thing is that I don't want to be critical because if there was this kind of formation, okay, you have to, you have to break and to, to understand it. But well, I, this is just illustration that, that you don't see the truth. You don't see the truth. You know, it's a uh, uh, one priest. He said during like uh, retreat in discussion over one lecture conference that he said that what what I'm supposed to do. He said that I prepare very good homily. He said well in his eyes. I believe it was good, but he said, and it was about importance of uh, confessions. I said, well, look, if this is medicine for healing, and I, I said, and you have to understand, if you skipped, for example, Sunday's liturgy, you cannot receive communion. You are losing paradise. You know this commandment. And he said, "I, I put all my heart to this homily, just in order to somehow wake up those who." I said, "Well, whole church came for communion. Nobody came for confession. <laughs> it, it was not working, you know." And now, again, it's easy to in these moments. It's easy to to let heart to go over judgment, okay? But the truth is we have to understand at the moment that, and when we see that in acting our neighbors, we have to see, okay, they, it is life in this illusion. It started by hiding in front of God, hiding and don't accepting that I, I sinned. And then this illusion which the of life which starting that it's so powerful that it will make me blind to everything you know and and we have to in this way we have to understand maybe maybe uh, many times uh, acting of our neighbors it's easy to say ah okay uh, the person doesn't care or well no, it's, it's an indicator that this my neighbor is in grave danger. At the time, I should put him on my mental list and to ask God for mercy. I, I ask you, O oh Lord, give him this mercy to win over this illusion. Let him to see that this illusion. When we pray for each uh, for each other in this situation I, I I'm so sure that God loves when we care about our neighbors because they are his children too and it's pleasant for him and this is this is something what is difficult to do it is easier to like to make judgment as a lost case you know and right but and, and it is difficult to stay in this prayer, in this mindset that, uh, that, that to see them as a very serious thing and we are giving them pills in form of this prayer. It's difficult because it, then, it can take years until they are able to change. But, but the biggest help what we can do is it is our our life interest. Our life interest. 
I remember that one man who my previous parish who came to confession in before uh, it was Christmas or Easter I don't know like the last moment somehow and I was so surprised that well I would not expect this person you know to come and before confession I said I'm so happy to see you here that so what happens you know did your mom promise to buy you a car or whatever <laughs> you know it was like it was like bachelor and, oh, and he said no 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 I just couldn't I, I saw those people in the line day by day by day I told myself well are you better than they are So, and uh, at the moment I was like speechless. I said, "Oh my! These people who were waiting in line um, became this impulse for the man to come to senses. They they removed. They helped him to remove this this um, illusion. And for sure, it was prayers of his mother to combination. You know. So so." Example of life and our zeal to live spiritual life is something that helps. Yes. I realize a priest is kind of an impossible situation because if you're preaching effectively, the line out line for confession would be out the door. But if you were really preaching effectively, they wouldn't have a need to go to confession because they'd all be living the Christian life. So you can't win. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> you are right. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> you gave me challenge now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's not try to run away from God. Okay, next text is similar. So he okay. continues in this. Sure. Reveal yourself to the Lord in your mind. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Yeah, there are words from Old Testament, first book of Samuel. Uh, <coughs> we know that we know that God can see what is in the heart. We say this and believe in that, but still how it is possible that we try to live how he is not able to see there, you know? And uh, um, uh, if you remember from this book study, you know, when we were talking about words of saying, Ignatius branch, you know, he told us that what is the reason why we are immune, why we are not trembling in front of God because we know that he sees what is going on in my heart. He says it's self-love. That we, this, this passion, self-loving ourselves, uh, causes that that we it is like some kind of filter on our eyes which makes uh, which makes which causes that we see ourselves in better light than it is true. Self love is something what uh, causes that we are not able to really see in clarity what is in our heart. It is like deformation which causes that even bad movement or in our heart we see as a pious movements. And because of that we are not able to bow our knees in front of God and ask for forgiveness. This is this is what happened to Pharisees. They they saw themselves as a righteous people. 
and they were not able to see this corruption which was in their hearts. So, we should be, we should adopt this uh, um, way how we, uh, it is, when we go to physician, we show the physician all these nasty things which are with our body. We have wound which is like filled with, um, what is the word for like this? Pus. pus. You know, and it looks horrible and smells horrible. Without hesitation, we show him, look, this is, please help me, heal me. Or whatever difficulty we have, sometimes it's well, it is really embarrassing for us to, but we do this because we want to be healed. And the same way we should approach God. Look, this is what I cost myself through my sins, through my uh, not forget that I forgot commandments or I broke commandments. This caused these wounds in my in my life. Please heal me, not to cover. And and while in this moment he does the healing. You know, and this is this is this is what we are supposed to do. To be humble. Okay. If there is no comments or questions, let's continue. We are speeding today. <laughs> Think nothing and do nothing without a purpose directed to God. For to journey without direction is wasted effort. Tough one. Tough one. But this text or this spiritual law he gives us is very important because because we are living on this earth. There is always present uh, there is always temptation which is present in our life to consider this life this earth as something permanent that we are settling in in this world and because of that we see many things very important and true is that this is exile. This is not paradise. This is exile. This is land when we were sent. We were not created for this earth and it was a temporal place. This life is meant for us as a journey to God back to paradise through our desired decision. And I was yesterday during homily said that there are like these those three pillars: decision, which is for spiritual life, decision, spiritual guidance, and ascetical reading. And decision, what is decision? St. Theophan de Reclusi says that we start to live spiritual life when we make decision to please God in everything, thoughts, words, and deeds. When this is our goal, which we want to fulfill, decision to this kind of life is the start of the spiritual life. If this decision or this effort is not made in us and it is not present and alive, we cannot talk about spiritual life. 
we can talk about ideas, we can talk about God, you know, we can give book studies as I am doing now, and, but if this decision is missing in my heart, it's worthless for my salvation. It has no value, nothing. And now, St. Mark, he says the same thing, that whole life, our uh, whole life has to have this direction uh, God, so everything what we are doing, it should be aligned. We, we, we should be focused on this. And and this is a very good criterion for things which are coming to our life. How many demands are coming? We have. How many times we are called to do activities, different activities, and something looks like good, you know, not bad. And I always have to ask to discern. Is this something what leads me towards this goal, this fulfillment of my life in Christ, or not? If not, so I should run away from that. But many times, you know, we can say, well, okay, but I have my job, I have my responsibility, how can I direct it? towards God, you know, if nothing connected with spiritual thing. But let's think about all these saints who are in the calendar or organization. You can find there almost all kinds of jobs which are possible. And and this is why why the spiritual teachers Oh, uh, these teachers of spiritual life, they, they force us to read saints, uh, these holy fathers, read uh, uh, life of saints, and learn from them. And, and many times, you know, like, uh, um, I heard that um, many uh, those Russian physicians, doctors, they, they have like, my patron is saying, look, the surgeon, the bishop, uh, and, and we have a catist uh, to him in our library. And, and uh, they say that pray this prayer to him, and, and, and they, uh, through that they learn how to put to accord their, how to do their profession to live holy life with that. And so it means that whatever we are doing, each each work, if it's our responsibility, each work we can concentrate with good approach. Now, but we have to make difference that <laughs> There is work we must to do because it's our job, and uh, there are activities we can choose. And um, so I think it is like crazy idea. Uh, if I'm invited on Friday to go and to to go and to visit to be uh, to attend a party. And to go there, okay, I will go there and I will give so good example that all those in the party will turn to God, you know. Well, it doesn't work this way. <laughs> you know, in this way I, I have to say, okay, it's Friday, no party today. <laughs> you know, it's impossible. You know, it's day of repentance, so I should not go and party. So to, to really test all the things and if we take it seriously, our conscience will help us. Our conscience will help us, you know, that um, then you start to do something like um, uh, to scroll news on Facebook and, ah, and suddenly this conscience tells you, stop that, <laughs> no, don't continue. And, uh, and then it is up to you if you are going to be obedient to conscience or not, but 
when we try to keep this goal, you know, conscience will become our conscience will become very good helper to us. Because without mercy, we will come to understanding that ah, it. it's not the right way. And, and usually, conscience uh, says something in the time when we enjoy something very much. Some kind of rule, but. Well, at first, at first, we have to we have to make this decision, and uh, if we are not able to make this decision, we have to ask God to help us, because even this decision, we cannot make this decision without God's help. Uh, Saint Joseph Andrei Klus, he says that. Uh, first time, he calls this the awaiting grace, awaking grace that when this God touches the heart of each person and shows the person like its clarity, some kind of understanding, state of soul and everything. And if person at the moment of this visitation refuses that, or this hesitation allows its grace to disappear, God is not going to give him second time for free. The person has to beg for this grace. You have to ask. And I'm sure that each of us who are baptized, we didn't answer correctly during the first visitation. I, I, I'm sure because it, it's almost impossible do it in this world, in these times. So we should like non-stop ask God to give us this grace awakening when we can make this firm decision again, again, again to be. And and this Stefan Rekos he he describes this uh, moment of visitation. He probably mentioned it before, but it's okay to repeat that. He mentioned, he talks about a uh, young woman, Anastasia. She was dancing during ball. This fun, she was having fun. In the middle of this dance, she got this thought about immoral, uh, immoral, uh, about her soul and eternal life. It was like, something like clicked the middle of that. And then he described what she did after. She came home, she made decision to live a holy life, and she wrote him a letter and she asked him to become her spiritual father. So she made decision for God and she made concrete steps. She, she started to search for somebody who would help her to keep on this good track. And then we have in this book, Spiritual Life, it's over 70 letters, I think. He wrote to her as an instruction, spiritual instruction. And slowly we can see how, how many times he was so strict with her because she had like a little bit uh, ideas which were not perfect, you know, but he corrected her strictly. And so we, you can see how she grows, and in the end she enters monastery. She becomes nun. And uh, so powerful it is God's grace. But she was able to make decision, answer that. And, and not in half way somehow. She was not trying to find, okay, how can I live that with this thought and somehow, and to not to lose this world, to keep this way of life I have. No, she made decision. And actually in the first letter she's complaining that she is going away from company, from society she was visiting and, and she was making like very strict, a very hard change in her life. And this is a sign for us that we, in the beginning, we are making 
very serious decisions, changes in our life. Very, very tough spiritual law, but well, this is how it is. We should not waste with our life. Okay. Ready to make another one? Yeah. Let's because God's justice is inexorable, it is hard to obtain forgiveness for sins committed with complete deliberation. Well, this is tough. But what he says is something what, what the saints, they came through own experience. They, they noticed that if we uh, take easily these small sins, small transgressions, slowly they become bigger and more grave even they become bad habits. And they know that those things are very difficult to take out. And uh, not only take out because we have to really change ourselves, but because as we were talking about that, because those sins causes that we start to live in this kind of illusion, in some kind of blindness. Uh, St. Ignatius Brecheno, he says, as a reminder, that he says that each this small voluntary sin causes that some kind of darkness in our mind. He brings, uh, that sin brings darkness to our soul heart. And uh, it is like duct tape on mouths or conscience. That, we, that conscience is not talking. And uh, this voluntary sin, if we follow this bad habit, this might even literally kill our conscience. Well, it's not possible to kill conscience because we can make it very silent, but, but this conscience we have will be our accuser of the, our judgment. Mm -hmm. You know? He will, he, our conscience will accuse us from all those things. Well, and another thing is when we allow that is, is uh, danger that that we, uh, this darkness in which comes to soul and to heart causes that we are not able to do repentance. We are not able to do repentance because repentance is born from this painful ad admitting that I have sinned. If I'm not able to tell myself and admit that I have sinned, there is no spirit of repentance. And this is why if people are waiting, you know, sometimes, this is why how many times it's said, and this advice, if something happens to your life, come for confession as soon as possible. Don't wait even a day or two days. If you are fighting with some kind of passion and you are afraid that you can fail, come more often even before uh, it might happen because to, to gain strength, to show God that you are fighting with that. But if you felt, come, God's mercy is, is enormous. And may it might be this con uh, confession that that this final your knock on the door which can be open, and your passion you can be freed from passion. You don't. You never don't. You never know what this grace can can do. 
But I think that this is like the the worst thing what happened to our society is that this understanding of of sin and and, and this is is. Uh, It, it, it disappeared, and because of that, many souls are in danger. One priest was saying that he had, he was talking about this journey by one man, and this man he came to him and he said, "Well, I want to. I, I know that I am sinner. I, well, helping someone to grow, and so this this sucks." He said, "This some kind of." spiritual reading started and and after a few months then uh, that pre that man started was starting like losing hope I said well you know uh, I don't feel that I'm changing uh, he said many things but what I want to choose from this story is that he said and look I have I can recognize only few sins I am committing I please he told me don't worry, just confess those sins, do what you are doing, and you will see. And he said, after like three years, that priest reminded to the man, because when he finished like two pages of, you know, <laughs> sins, uh, look, like two years ago, you, you were complaining that you have only two sins, why to come for confession? He said, without those confessions, you would not come to understand your heart. Now you see. And this is some kind, something what we have to realize that we are able to see our sins really and to do repentance when we do repentance. More we are in this process of asking God for grace, some more light we are bringing to our conscience, to our heart, and we start to see clearer and clearer what is going on inside. And there is a, there is a, this urge to be healed, so we start to really confess our sins. So, well, anyway, this, those all these spiritual laws were very powerful. So I hope that they brought good challenge to us and maybe some kind of movement to make another micro step on our spiritual journey, you know, and if this happened, if we are we were moved by some of these spiritual laws, don't let it go. Try to adjust life according to this law. Otherwise, this moment of grace will disappear without any profit. All right. So thank you.